not everybody out there uh, might be all that familiar with Hunter and his career, but it's been pretty incredible if you look at it. And, you know, recently, you know, there, there's been a lot of critics. You know, he's dealt with injuries. His hitting hasn't been what it, uh, what it was in the past. But I want to go over a few career statistics here. Mostly we're going to look at uh, how many games per season Hunter played. Now, in baseball, it was 182 games, um, so I'm going to just touch on that a little bit. Uh, but about Hunter's hitting, uh, Hunter is a career 280 hitter, which is pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that aren't hitting 280, and, you know, during Hunter's time with the Giants, it definitely fell off in the past couple of years due to injury mostly, not being able to get in a, a rhythm, not not being a uh, an everyday player uh, at, at certain points. Uh, so he hit 265 with his years with the Giants, which is still, I mean, it's that's not horrible. That's, you know, it's about average, you know. He definitely came through in the clutch in a few situations, uh, but he, you know, definitely had his struggles uh, when it came down to some important times. Now, um, Hunter was a rookie in 2007. Uh, in 2008, uh, he played 157 games. Uh, and all the way up to 2012 when he came to the Giants he was you know playing in 150s so you know that's a good chunk of the season uh you know guys are given rest days here and there uh for those of you that know baseball it well, it's a long season it can be a grind so for a player to play all 182 games is it's pretty rare so you know missing missing games here and there is pretty pretty normal um it's expected and Hunter came to the Giants in 2012, uh, late in the season. Uh, in 2012, uh, by the way, he played 160 games. Now, 2012 was an important year. Uh, those of you know, Giants won the World Series in 2012, uh, 2010, 2012, 2014. You know, that even year magic for everybody that was a Giants fan. It was a really special time. Well, in the 2012 playoffs, Hunter Pence had probably one of his most signature moments as a Giant. Now, Hunter was new to the club. Um, there was a lot of younger guys. You know, he'd already been in the league for a little while. And he had uh, had this speech in the dugout. There was sunflower seeds flying. He, you know, from a, a pro wrestler, took this yes, yes, yes kind of chant into the clubhouse. And, ah, gosh, I want to say, was it Cincinnati? And the Giants were, you know looking like they might not make it any farther in the playoffs. They're facing elimination. And Hunter came up with this famous speech and got all the guys to rally around him and basically said, I don't want to go home. This is an amazing group of guys. I don't want to finish playing baseball this year yet. I'm not done yet. Let's keep it going. Let's, let's, you know, let's work hard, leave it all out in the field, and let's just let's make this happen. Now I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's the gist of his speech. Keep in mind, he just got to the team. You know, he'd only been a couple months, and here he is saying, "You guys are an amazing group of guys. I'm not ready to go home." And to me, that speaks a lot to Hunter's character. You know, you're coming into a new situation. A lot of guys sometimes, you know, there's a lot of ego in sports, and when you come into a new situation, into a new clubhouse, to a new team, it doesn't really matter what sport it is or sometimes even what level of sport there's a lot of ego involved and for him to not really have that ego 
and to come in and, you know, just be like, I believe in you guys. You guys are amazing. I'm happy to be here. Let's, you know, let's, let's work towards this. Let's keep it going. You know, to me, it just, it says a lot about him. And that's actually the moment that he touched a lot of Bay Area fans. Um, even other fans that I've spoken with that are A's fans were like, man, that was, that was something, you know, for him to come in and do that. And the Giants went on to win the World Series. They weren't ready to go home yet. Uh, after that, he uh, he signed a contract before uh, two or excuse me after two. Uh, he signed a contract in twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, he played one hundred and sixty two games. Fourteen, he played a uh, hundred and sixty two games again. And when he signed his contract at the time, it was a pretty big contract. The Giants were known for not really spending on free agents. Um, and, you know, they weren't really known for awarding large contracts. Uh, I believe it was, was it five years, $90 million? Which at the time uh, he was making, you know, that was the largest contract on payroll at the time. And uh, yeah, but that showed that the Giants saw something in him. Now, in 2015, I worked at the Gotham Club. Uh, it's a private members only club at AT&T Park. And while I was there, I got to know some people in the front office and uh, got to be friends with them. Uh, I was friends with a few front office folks from before my times managing in restaurants. Um, and uh, got to know Larry Bear and his wife Pam from my time managing in restaurants before I got to the Gotham Club. But getting to know people in the organization, uh, I actually even created a, a, a job there that I, I helped write the job description and had a few meetings uh, with front office personnel and to just to get an idea uh, of what the Giants were about. And, you know, I, I don't know how many meetings and lunches I've taken, but the Giants are all about doing what's right, conducting business in a, in a proper way, in a correct way, doing right by their players, uh, and just kind of having a high character from the top down. Now, there's critics out there that are going to say, oh, you know, whatever criticisms they have of, of Larry Bear or anybody else in the organization. But I'll tell you, having sat down with them, having had conversations with them, the criticisms are pretty unfair. Um, it's easy to talk from the outside, looking in. But once you kind of get to know some of these folks, you do realize that the team comes first. Um, and that comes through in the contracts that they write. Um, that they put, you know, everybody is above one singular person. Uh, now I know that contracts in recent years have been kind of criticized heavily, but, you know, they really try to not only take care of the people that have worked hard for them, um, in some of these contracts coming in, they've tried to take care of people that they thought would work hard for them. And, you know, sometimes in baseball you swing and you miss, and some of these contracts they've swung and they missed. But regardless, they, you know, they pride themselves on just being good people. You know, uh, they're very charitable. The organization is incredibly charitable from junior giants to just all the other organizations that they work with around San Francisco and the Bay Area to really just kind of give back because they know that they're in a fortunate position uh, being um, a professional sports team. And, you know, there's a lot of money. Uh, after those championships, the Giants are, I believe, valued at the, f they're the fourth most valuable franchise in baseball, which back in the 90s, I mean, when they were playing at Candlestick, that 
you know, they almost left <laughs> uh, until the uh, current ownership, ownership group came in and saved the Giants from moving to Florida. You know, if you would have said back then that in, you know, the 20 teens, you're going to win three championships in five years and you're going to be the fourth most valuable franchise, nobody would have, you know, they would have been like, you know, that's a great goal. Uh, they wouldn't have laughed at you because that's not the type of people they are. They're like, you know, it's a lofty goal. Maybe we'll get there. And, you know, they do set goals for themselves, which I believe kind of comes into a person's character when you realize that things are going to take hard work and, you know, nothing happens without setting goals and without having a vision for what you're trying to accomplish. So back to Hunter. Um, I had a I had the opportunity to uh, meet Amy G., during my time at uh, the Gotham Club, Amy G is amazing. She's a great uh, on-field reporter. She does great work in the community. Uh, she's fantastic. Now, Hunter Pence was celebrated at the end of the 2018 season. Um, I think fairly. Some people would disagree. And Amy G has a segment in a Giants pregame that she calls three up and three down. And so it's usually you sit down with a player or a coach, special assistant, and you just, you know, get to know them a little bit better, ask them some questions, uh, let the fans get to know these folks a little bit better, uh, just a little bit more access to these athletes and, and coaches. And she sat down with Hunter Pence uh, the last week of the season, and she encourages fans to tweet questions to her, and she picks a good question, and she asks the person that she's sitting down with that fan question. And I was fortunate enough to have my question read on air. And uh, thank you to NBC Sports Barrier for giving me permission to use this audio clip. And I'm going to play that for you now. I always promise a fan that I'll ask a question for them. So we went to Twitter. It's Stephen Babb. And I just liked his question. It's kind of a, a twofer. He wants to know your favorite moment as a Giant. And then if you will ever consider coaching or another position in baseball when you've decided that you're done playing. Um, well, favorite moment as a Giant is really tough because there's been so many. There's <laughs> been a lot of incredible favorite moments. If I had to choose one, it's probably the Ishikawa home run. That was like pure chaos and absolute pandemonium. And like, it, yeah, my definition of bliss, I felt like the earth was shaking. It was so rowdy here. So uh, that was Morse's home run that same game. Just that whole, that was incredible. And um, as far as being a coach and stuff, I won't know until I get there. Right now I'm trying to focus on, you know, uh, playing these last three games and, and, you know, potentially, you know, working to, to play again next year. Classic Hunter. Given the opportunity to talk about himself and maybe uh, a signature moment or play of his, he took that opportunity to talk about his teammates. Uh, two teammates that were, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty, I mean, just not, pretty uncelebrated, if you will, before their kind of moments in the 2014 playoffs. And, you know, Travis Ichikawa being a player that just had uh, just a, a, a kind of a, a crazy career path. Uh, this was his second time with the Giants. And he hit the winning home run to send them to the World Series. Uh, it was just a, a magical moment. And earlier in that game, Michael Morse, who was just another journeyman player, somebody the Giants had picked up that nobody else had really, you know, given a chance 
in a while, like, they didn't find him to be an important piece and moving on to the, you know, just to to add to their team. And when given the opportunity to talk about himself, he rather highlight these two guys that were actually key in that 2014 playoff run, you know, and I just, that speaks so much to Hunter's uh, character and his mindset and just how he, how he conducts himself. It's not about him. Uh, give somebody else shine. And it's just a, it's a real selfless thing that you don't often see amongst athletes, professional athletes. And I'm not saying that there's not athletes out there that are, there obviously are and absolutely are, but you just don't see it. And I, that goes into the character and a lot of fans not kind of having understanding of character in sports because it's not something that is so readily available for you to pay attention to. And uh, I I hope that that second question, I didn't mean to imply that Hunter was going to retire after this year. I would love for him to continue his baseball career and continue doing what he loves and is passionate about. I was asking more so like, you know, what's next for you, Hunter? Like, uh, do you have an idea of where you're going to go, what you're going to do? Um, and that kind of came out recently this past week. He uh, went out to the um, Dominican Republic to play uh, winter ball. And he's already making an impact in the clubhouse on the Toros that he's playing for in the Dominican. Uh, they, uh, the Toros uh, tweeted out a video of him in the clubhouse uh, you know, just hyping up the guys and, you know, in, in true Hunter fashion, in <laughs> broken Spanish, horrible Spanish to be honest, but the energy was there and that reverend aspect that Giants fans have gotten to know over the past few years was there. And it was just really kind of neat to see, you know, a lot of players would be kind of defeated. You know, your team didn't pick up uh, your contract and decide to resign you, a team that you've had success with. Uh, but here you are. You're making the best out of your situation, and you're moving on, and you're every day striving to get better and improve yourself. Uh, Hunter's wife, uh, Lexi, I got to know in 2015 when I was working out there, and an interesting story about Lexi, and this will go into the character of both of them. I mean, I think they're both fantastic people having had conversations uh, with them. I was bartending a kind of a private player's function. Uh, it was a getaway day on a Sunday, and their plane was delayed uh, where they were going to fly into. So there was a little bit of a delay, so they had some time to kill. So we went upstairs uh, to the bowling alley at the Gotham Club, and we had a little catering spread out for them, and I was there just to kind of facilitate with whatever I could, just uh, to have a staff member on hand. And it was really kind of cool. got to chat with some of the guys, which, you know, being a lifelong fan and just a huge fan of this team in general was really, really cool. Uh, but a lot of the players' wives were there, you know, seeing them off. Uh, since it was a getaway day, they were going to be on a road trip. Uh, a lot of the wives will come down to the park. Uh, so the players generally leave right from the park to the plane. So there's a little bit of downtime for them to kind of hang out. And there were some plates and stuff that I went to kind of just bus, you know, if you will. Uh, just to try to stay busy because there really wasn't a whole lot for me to do at the time. And Lexi jumped up and she's like, oh no, no, I'll take care of that. And she's like, it's my mess. It's my mess. I'll clean it up. And it might seem something small to somebody that, you know, might not have ever worked in restaurants or, uh, you know, 
none of the other wives, I'm not going to put any of them on blast, but none of the other wives flinched. And in fact, one of them said, no, honey, just leave it. Like, you know, it's my job. I'm here to serve you guys. And Lexi kind of stopped and turned and said, no, it's my mess. I'm more than capable of cleaning up after myself. And that wasn't to me. That was just a little bit of, you know, sass towards that other wife. And I kind of whispered, I was like, you know, it's, I literally have nothing to do. I'm more than happy to help with this. And she said, I'll give you a hand. But it's just that kind of, you know, if you've ever worked in restaurants or you've ever seen, you know, you know, restaurant workers work, yeah, they work really hard. But to have somebody that doesn't have to help you, but that's going to help you because they, you know, just because, that says a lot. And that right there, I was like, you know, she's pretty cool. Like, just to have her do that, that was, you know, it, it meant something to me. Uh, and I would see her more and more downstairs um, behind Wrightfield, the Gotham Club, and chat with her more. And she's just a really nice person, you know? And that, I think, is reflective also of Hunter being a just a really good person. A little bit more about that. Uh, Alex Pavlovich, uh, he is the beat writer for NBC Sports Bay Area that covers the Giants. He has a quote here from Larry Bear talking about Hunter's time with the ball club. <clears throat> so uh, Larry said, he more than lived up to his end of the bargain in all aspects, on the field, off the field, with his spirit, with his inspiration, modeling what you want to be as a giant and what you want to be as a player in terms of effort and being a good teammate. Now, Larry went on and continued to say, we obviously had the reverent aspects. The energy and the spirit and enthusiasm is a huge thing in our sport. It's a long season and a small clubhouse, right? Now, I think that's kind of perfect. It kind of goes into what I've been talking about. It goes into Hunter uh, just being that energy, that spark. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Draymond Green uh, across the water for the Warriors is, you know, Steve Kerr has said often that he's the heartbeat of the team. Uh, but Draymond's a little, say it's a little rougher. Like it's a little tougher heartbeat. Like it's a, you know, he's not afraid to speak his mind and try to get the most out of you. Whereas Hunter is more of the encouraging, the uplifting, the I'm going to, you know, I want to see you do better and really try to motivate those around him to be their best. And that's just, that's invaluable in a clubhouse, uh, in any sport. When you have a guy that will put you and the team above him or, and at the same time, by example, show how hard, you know, that individual works to be an inspiration to, to those around him. And Hunter's in phenomenal shape. Now, injuries aside, as he got a little older into his 30s, I've stood next to Hunter. Hunter is probably the leanest, most ripped ball player I've ever stood next to. Uh, his off-season workout is intense. I've seen videos, it's insane. Uh, and he is, you know, you don't notice him in his uniform. That guy's big. <laughs> Hunter Pence works out. Uh, it's, maybe I should start working out a little bit more myself, but it's really just kind of interesting to see how hard he works, uh, what he means to his teammates, and how he wants everybody around him to be better. Um, Here's another example. Justin Maxwell, um, back in 2015, 
joined the Giants. And in 2015, Hunter only played 52 games. And Justin Maxwell filled in a lot in right field. Now, right field in the AT&T Park is really tricky to play defense in. Uh, you have a lot of area to cover. Uh, there's triples alley. Uh, you'll have that tall brick wall that you have to, um, you know, field uh, line drives off of, which that can get you in some big trouble. And early in that year, uh, Justin Maxwell found himself in those tricky situations trying to field out there. And Hunter went out there with uh, the hitting coach at the time, Bam Bam Mullins. And I was setting up the bar in the Gotham Club before uh, the game started. Uh, I believe it was a Sunday game because they didn't have batting practice. And I'm setting up the bar, and all of a sudden I hear, whack! I was like, well, that kind of... It's interesting, like, you know, working out there. Uh, the Island Club's a really cool place, but when it's quiet and there's nobody in there, you hear some noises. You know, it's a, it's a brick building. It's, you know, it's old. You hear some creaks. So I was working, and I hear, whack! I'm like, okay, I got to see what this is. So I walk over to the out-of-town scoreboard, and I peek through... And there's Bam Bam, Hunter, and Justin. And Bam Bam is hitting fly balls and line drives off the bricks. And Hunter is coaching up Justin on how to field off those bricks. You know, just different angles to look for, different things that might happen. And it was really a cool moment to kind of see, you know, as a, you know, not only just as a fan, but just as an outside observer, I don't think anybody wrote about that. I don't think anybody picked up on that. I, I don't believe anybody out there was even around to really notice if you weren't on the team. And, you know, Hunter knew that Justin was going to have to fill in for him. And, you know, it's a tricky place to play. And he wanted to make sure that Hunter put his, or excuse me, that Justin put his best foot forward. And, you know, was out there trying to help coach him up. You know, it, a lot of guys would be salty. I'm injured. I'm not going to be out in the field. You know, they they have this kind of journeyman player that's, you know, been up and down in the minors and been around the league a little bit. And Justin Maxwell is coming in to replace me. How could you replace me with this guy? There's just a lot of ego out there. You know there's a lot of ego. And no, not Hunter. Like, it's like, hey, it's tricky. I had to learn on the fly in 2012. Let me help you be your best. Pence also out there in right field had a real memorable moment in game four of the NLDS in 2014 this unbelievable sacrifice of my body jump back against the pillar and make this amazing catch uh that spurred a pence on the fence uh that spurred a bobblehead a really cool bobblehead and you know that just goes into the character of the guy to be able to do something like that uh, sacrifices body later in his career and yeah a big part of the Giants wins World Series wins in 2012 and 2014 I'm gonna be back in just a moment right after a message from one of our sponsors to close out this very first episode of the Babs Words podcast the Babs Words podcast is brought to you by my wife Natalie Dunn. Natalie, without your support of my dream of becoming a sports broadcaster, uh, your support of me going back to school, your encouragement, I wouldn't be here today uh, in more ways than one. So a big shout out to you. 
thank you for helping make this podcast possible and giving me an hour of peace and quiet in my studio to record it. Thank you, Natalie. Wow. So that's it, I guess. Uh, My first episode of the Babsworth podcast is uh, coming to a close. Thank you, everybody out there, for sticking with my long-winded poetic rapping about character and sports. Uh, this has been a, something that was important to me, and I'm glad I was able to kind of share it. And a uh, big shout-out, Hunter Pence, uh, his wife, Lexi, uh, Amy G, for reading my tweet on Embassy Sports Bay Area. Uh, Alex Pavlovich for always doing an amazing job covering uh, my favorite sports team, San Francisco Giants. Uh, as we kind of wind this episode down to a close, uh, just some thank yous, uh, shout outs to everybody out there that kind of has helped help me along this little journey that I've been on. Uh, start off with uh, Chuck and Joe. Uh, they have a, a podcast that they do uh, out of Richmond, California. Uh, especially Joe, who's been you know kind of a mentor in helping me kind of navigate what a podcast is, what it takes to record one, uh, and the advice that he's given me. Uh, their podcast, it is entitled Just the Tips, a Memoirs. So not memoirs, but a Memoirs. So basically a, a life advice podcast. Uh, wink, wink. Two guys sitting down you know, just chit-chatting about life and experiences. It is hilarious. These two guys are incredibly entertaining. Uh, It reminds me of something that I would do sitting with a buddy, uh, except they're way funnier than than what I am. Uh, That is on the uh, NSFW Podcast Network, uh, available on iTunes. Um, Yeah, wow. The first episode, the Babsworth Podcast character uh oh um 95 7 the game uh that the inspiration to actually do a podcast basically came from damon bruce uh does the afternoon drive evening drive show at 95 7 uh he basically said a podcast is kind of the way that you are able to show people that you're able to talk (laughs) for you know a lengthy period of time and hopefully entertaining uh, so thank you, Damon Bruce. Uh, thank you, The Morning Show. Uh, some guys I've kind of gotten to chit-chat and know a little bit. Uh, anybody out there that follows me on Twitter or knows, I call into 95.7 The Game regularly. Um, Jim Cozumore, shout-out to you uh, for being a great guy. Uh, Michael Urban, uh, The Morning Guys, uh, Joe, Lowe, Dibs. Uh, yeah, basically everybody over there. And... Uh, yeah, you guys have been kind of an inspiration for me to try to get into this and really work hard towards this uh, career path. And yeah, it's it's been a big help. And uh, Damon Bruce has a closing to his show. Uh, it's He always says at the end of every one of his shows, sports don't build character, they reveal it. And I think that's just a, it's a powerful statement. Uh, I do think that some team sports can help you Find your character a little bit. Kind of help you bring out the best in yourself and others. But uh, I'm not going to steal his closing, <laughs> even though it would be pretty uh, pretty on brand for this episode being about character. But 
it got me thinking of quotes that I like and that mean something to me. And having managed teams of people pretty successfully and kind of seeing, you know, seeing what it takes to manage and kind of bring people together and bring out the best in people. Um, this is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt that I really, I really like and really speaks to me. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the very first episode of my Bass Wars podcast and leave you with this. Complaining about a problem without proposing a solution is called whining. <laughs>